0: Look, your mom. Back to you, Bob. And welcome to Back to You, Bob, a Dawson's Creek podcast. We are your hosts, Christina and Micah, and this is a supplemental episode.
1: It's a special (laughs) episode. We're doing like a summer special.
0: It's summer, bitch.
1: It's summer, and thank God.
0: The seasonal depression has
1: subsided for three months.
0: (laughs) The clouds have parted. (laughs) The sun is here, and we are living life.
1: Yeah, I've started working on my summer body a little late just in
0: time see I have the same problem every summer I get really motivated and every winter I'm in really good shape
1: I saw a funny meme yesterday that was like it's crazy how in the winter my goals are like get a new career change my life change the world and in the summer my goals are like (laughs) get a hot body look hot be hot
0: (laughs) today someone told me that I looked tan and I was like, oh my God, thank you. Like it was the nicest thing I've ever heard.
1: You do look tan because you're living the Jersey Shore life.
0: Oh, and also I saw Mike the Situation at the coffee shop the other day. Can we get him? Yeah, let's get him on the pod.
1: As far as I know, everybody loves the situation.
0: Well, what are we doing here?
1: Welcome to the Bobbies.
0: The Bobbies. You've heard of the Oscars. You've heard of the Tonys. You've heard of the Emmys.
1: They don't hold a candle to the bobbies. We thought it would be a really good way to kind of sum up the season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We'll be back with our season two content. But in the meantime, here's a little something special.
1: Which we have been recording and season two is amazing.
0: Well, we have 11 categories for the bobbies. Shall we dive in?
1: Do you have a monologue or like an opening? I know.
0: I really <laughs> should have asked you to prepare a monologue, seeing as you're a comedy writer. I have nothing.
1: What is there to say? It's the best show of all time. We all love it, obviously. And we've had so much fun doing the podcast. It's changed so our lives, fun. obviously. And <laughs> we just really want to recap season one. The, Bob- the Bobbies, I think, were a Beth pitch. Or was it a you pitch?
0: From my recollection, you were drunk on the podcast
1: what that doesn't sound like me
0: (laughs) and said oh my god we should do the bobbies
1: oh my god it was a me pitch wow what do you know
0: give yourself more credit
1: so we're gonna go through here's how it's gonna work where we have 11 categories we did not confer i don't know what you picked you don't know what i picked you don't know what my answers are but you know Dawson's never really won any big awards which we've talked about they won like some teen choice awards or kids choice Mm -hmm. awards or so this is Dawson's moment to really get some critical acclaim
0: I wonder if any of them will show up to accept the award
1: (laughs) I have a feeling we're gonna have to accept all the awards for them
0: well the first category isn't even about the show it's about us
1: my favorite topic
0: (laughs) the best drink of season one What is your favorite drink that we did?
1: It's one of the early drinks. I picked the French Kiss. Mm. It's the vodka Prosecco drink and it has the lemon zest garnish. And I just, I loved it. I think about it often. Whenever I go to a restaurant now and there's like a vodka Prosecco drink on the menu, I always order it. And I think of that. I mean, I love vodka. I love Prosecco. It's not to like.
0: That one was really good, actually, now that I think back on it.
1: And I had it in a champagne flute. And I don't know, it just all kind of popped. What's your favorite drink?
0: I think my favorite was the Rhode Island Red from episode 109. Tequila, Chambord, lemon juice, agave, orange bitters, and ginger beer. A little spicy, a little complex, refreshing. I don't know. I just, when I look back on all of them, that was the one where I was like, oh, this is different than anything I've ever had before. I really liked it.
1: I do remember you liking that one. And we're all, we're pretty honest with the drinks. Like if it's terrible, we say it. Yeah. Also, update on my burn. How is it? So I, it's gone. But I still get pains and the burn. Oh, no. I don't know if it's ever gonna be fully healed.
0: Nerve damage.
1: Are there doctors out there who want to do pro bono work on my finger?
0: Is it if you touch it or just like sporadic random pain?
1: No, it's it's prompted by a touch. It doesn't always happen, but sometimes I'm like, gosh, I don't know if it's ever gonna fully heal.
0: Oh my word.
1: So long after we finish season six, I'll think of. Back to you, Bob, (laughs) because I did permanent nerve damage to my right middle finger.
0: One too many dark and stormies.
1: (laughs) Well, one category down. See, there we go.
0: Anyway, next category. Best dressed.
1: Best dressed character.
0: Who do you think is best dressed season one?
1: I'm going to pick Miss Windjammer runner up, Miss Rowboat herself, (laughs) Joey (laughs) Potter, Because she has, for me, the most iconic looks. Like when I see her red backpack, when I see her sweater from Breakfast Club, those looks are just kind of burned into my brain. And I think she has the most timeless, classic, shall we say? None of her looks feel really outdated.
0: Especially now that the 90s are back in a big way. You could plop her right in 2023. She fit right in. Her looks, are the most burned into my memory, for sure. I would say for me, the runner up is Mitch. He always looks good. I think most of it has to do with what's under his clothes and not the clothes themselves. But I don't know. He just always has that nice fitting shirt. You know, they're a little bit baggier than you would wear today. But I feel like he looks pretty timeless, too.
1: I would also argue that his look is also kind of back light jean baggy shirt, almost like a blousey kind of look. I mean, that's back. True. We're certainly not giving it to Dawson after Vestgate.
0: <laughs> there is no way.
1: You could take that vest and give it back to Yanni, sir. Give <laughs> it back to Chandler Bing. We don't want it. Well, congrats. To-
0: <laughs> if anybody wants to collect the award, just let us know.
1: <laughs> you didn't win Miss Windjammer, but you won Best <laughs> Dressed on the 2023 Bobbies.
0: And what could be better than that? Moving right along. Best kiss of Dawson's Creek season one.
1: Oh my gosh. We're going right to the kiss. We picked best kiss because it was kind of like, you know, the VMAs always had best kiss and it was always...
0: What is your VMA memory? Like when you think of VMAs best kiss winners, who do you think of?
1: There's two. When Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling won for The Notebook.
0: That's what I think of.
1: And then I also think of when Selma Blair and Sarah Michelle Geller won for Cruel Intentions.
0: That is a good one, too.
1: So for Best Kiss, I'm going to give it to Joey and Dawson in the season finale, Breaking Away. And it's not so much because I'm Team Dawson. It was just, it was such a moment. It was definitely the kiss that I think was the most earned.
0: Anticipated.
1: Yes, the most anticipated, the most earned. It really, I think, was the biggest, one of the biggest story points of the season. So it's not, it really is not anything to do with Team Dawson. I just think show-wise, story-wise, season one-wise, finale, cliffhanger-wise, I'm going to give it to them.
0: I am going to give my best kiss to to Dawson and the papier-mâché head oh my
1: god! <laughs>
0: episode 102.
1: That's so good.
0: <laughs> While Mitch watches and Joey watches all of it from above.
1: Dawson likes to be watched by his dad. Oh, God. That is such a good one. I forgot about that. My mind didn't even go there. That paper, uh, it wasn't paper mache though, right? It was like prosthetic.
0: Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I, in my memory, it's like, you know in grade school when you blow up a balloon and then you put paper mache over top and pop the balloon and you make like a head. That's what it was. Yeah,
1: I don't, I'm pretending to know what you're talking <laughs> about, but I see what you're saying. Okay, we, we could definitely get the paper mache head, prosthetic head. <laughs> to accept
0: (laughs) next category
1: the bobby for best fight
0: for me the best fight moment is dawson and pacey in the gym when he throws the basketball at his face it's the one that sticks with me it's the most iconic there was just a conversation stirred up on the internet about it this year when the ball bounces off his face and hits the camera it's just so good
1: Yeah, that one definitely passed through my mind as well, especially because their rivalry is so important to the series. You know, when you think of the series now, it really is the love triangle and the competition between the two of them. And that episode gives you a peek into that a little bit. Mm -hmm. I went with Mitch and Gail in the hurricane Mm -hmm. because that episode is so good we've talked about it it was that episode where they were all hunkered down for the hurricane in dawson's house and it was like a pressure cooker and at this point dawson and joey knew about gail's affair with bob and she confesses to mitch in the dark and he's been working on this presentation for his restaurant Mm -hmm. the kelp when she tells him he just he smashes it it's just oh their fight is so good and we've talked a lot about like, you know, in the past and present now, I'm um, 40 or 30. Eight. Eight. We've talked about it, you know, in the past and present, we're like, seeing things now more Mitch and Galey. we're like relating to Mitch and Gail more at this stage of our lives. And you kind of see over the course of the season, there's a lot of fighting, but like some of it is just so silly and stupid, but Mitch and Gail's fight really had some stakes and it was real and i just really i really love mitch and Gale. it's hard for me to pick a side and i just think they're great characters i think they're great actors and i think the writing is there and for me the fight it all kind of worked for the two of them
0: totally and there's a lot of good mitch and Gale stuff coming in season two i feel like we've barely scratched the surface of mitch and Gale. good
1: god yes here's a good little mid award show discussion we can have we can't go much mm-hmm. into detail of seasons two through six but on The scale of one through six, where does season one fall for you? Do you think?
0: Obviously, one through four, I think, are the best seasons. I Mm -hmm. think two and three are probably my favorites. One and four might be tied.
1: I would say season two is my favorite. I think season one might be my second favorite. It's not that I don't think season three and season four have better moments and better episodes and better, but I think looking at the seasons as a whole. Mm-hmm. And it's a little unfair because season one has 13 episodes and it's
0: a tight 13. Every
1: other season is at least 22. Yeah. And it is really hard to write and produce 22 episodes a season. So season one has a slight advantage because all the arcs and all the stories had to be, you know, they were tight and they were, it was clean mm-hmm. and it was everyone's story was really, really interesting and really popping and tight and wrapped up nicely. With the exception of Mitch and Gail, which we kind of talked about in the episode 13. I think season one just was the most, one of the more well-rounded, I was very interested in everybody's storyline. So I would probably place one second. Season three and season four, I think are strong, but I know there's definitely arcs and things where I'm like, who cares? Like I I dipped out a little bit.
0: I will be interested to continue having this conversation after each season, because this is the first time I'm watching with like a TV brain.
1: Yeah, since you've started working on it.
0: Check back in to the Bobby's 2027.
1: 20, <laughs> if you guys have category ideas, send, send, send.
0: Yeah, we kept your bare bones, but let us know if you have anything good. Well,
1: we tried to, th- it's hard because there's 13 episodes and the cast is essentially four people with like four, you know, <laughs> yeah. supporting. It's hard. It was hard to think of stuff, but let us know, you guys, let us know.
0: Right in, voice note, call in, my phone number is.
1: Oh my God. There's all these new social media things. Are we going to join them? Threads, spill. You guys, I'm 40. I can't do this.
0: What is spill?
1: I don't know. I'm 40. Hit me on my MySpace.
0: You can read my Tumblr.
1: Hit me on my live journal. I haven't even done Be Real.
0: Oh, no. No, no. I can't do it. I deleted TikTok. What? I know.
1: Why? What's that about? Are you okay?
0: Remember when I told you the seasonal depression had gone? It was all a lie. No, I was wasting way too much time. Way too much mm-hmm. time. And then I watched a scary video about how we just check the privacy thing and they can now they can trace your fingers when you use your phone and they can keep your face image. I don't know. It was it really freaked me out. And I was like, I think this is it. And I deleted it. So now I only watch them when you send them to
1: me. I have never been concerned with like hacking, getting hacked, getting my identity stolen. Because who would want to be me? Who would want this? I don't like. I have nothing people want. You know, maybe someday I will, and I'll regret all of this. But like, I'll I sign my life away to these apps. (laughs) Credit card, take it. Fingerprint, take it. (laughs) Face, like, where do I sign? I think like kids now are on Snapchat again, which like I never really got into. I I met some. I met some teenagers. Oh my God. <laughs> some of my friends' kids are like in that like 15 to 17, 14 to 18 kind of age range, and they're using Snapchat now. And I'm like, oh, that's weird because that was ours. And usually when things are ours, the next generation like kind of It's. You know? it.
0: I feel like the reason younger generations usually hate our stuff is because our stuff is usually then adopted by the older generation. Like, they're like, oh, man, this is so cool. Like, all my mom's friends are on TikTok now, just scrolling mindlessly. Yeah. And the older generation just never knew what Snapchat was. I don't think my mom still knows what Snapchat is.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting theory.
0: That's what I'm here for. Hot takes and interesting theories.
1: <laughs> Moving right along?
0: Moving right along. The Bobby for Best guest cast.
1: For my guest cast shout out award, I am going to give it to Scott Foley.
0: That's a good one.
1: Scott Foley, I just, I love him to death. He played Cliff Elliott and he's in it from the beginning. He just feels part of the cast. He's so good in everything. Not even Felicity and Scandal, but like Whiskey Cavalier. I mean, he's just, I've seen him in so much. He really popped and he has transcended just his guest role on Dawson's Creek, you know? And I do think Cliff, he brought like a really lovable element to Cliff. We were supposed to hate Cliff, I think. And he's just like a likable, cute, lovable guy.
0: I love when that happens. I love when, you can tell that someone was cast to play a certain kind of character and then when the writers see them on screen and like meet them and know them they kind of changed the trajectory not that i think that cliff's trajectory was probably always the same but they didn't write him as a complete jerk they were like oh, okay he's just kind of a lovable doof good one who
1: is your winner
0: my guest cast shout out is monica kina playing abby <gasps> morgan
1: Oh my God! Yeah, her.
0: When I think back on Dawson's, she is one of the characters that I think of. Not in like the main cast, but her arc stands out to me so much, and it is because I watched those first few seasons over and over and over again. So it's kind of burned into my brain. But I just think she's such a memorable character. I think she is not really likable, but she just she leaves such an impression. I remember everything about her. Season two, she's got a ton going on. I thought she was with us through like season four because she's larger than life in my memory. But Abby Morgan is a great character and Monica Kina did a good job playing her.
1: She's a great pick. I love that choice. The next (laughs) category is... Best Supporting Cast.
0: My Best Supporting Cast goes to... Mary Beth Peel, playing Grams. I think that she is so good. She is wildly unlikable in the beginning. We grow to see her soften by the end of the season. But over the course of the series, she's just really, really, really great. And I'm excited to keep watching her.
1: It's so funny because we keep picking each other's second. Yeah, She's my runner up. So this is really working out. I totally agree. I think she, you know, she was a stage actress. Mm -hmm. She had a lot of training in the theater and... She had such a journey season one. Grams, she really had a lot of layers to Grams. You know, you loved her, you hated her, depending on the episode. And it's not easy to do that. Like, it's not easy to, at one episode, play like, you know, a homophobic bigot. The next one, (laughs) you're like this comforting, you love her from, you love her and hate her from episode to episode. It's not easy to pull that off.
0: Way to go, Mary Beth.
1: My winner for best supporting cast is Mary Margaret Humes, who plays Gail Leary. And the reason I picked her, the way she delivers lines, the emphasis she puts on, there's just choices she makes that I find really honestly kind of brilliant, just the way she delivers lines in her interpretation of scenes. It's very subtle and it's very nuanced, but I really think she kills it. And again, I know the first time watching, I really didn't like Gail, and this time... You know, I'm willing to give her a little leeway. But when Gail's on screen, like I am I like lean in. I'm very interested. And I think I'm going to give it to Mary Margaret for this one.
0: She's so good in it. And yeah, this time around, I definitely feel myself relating a little bit more to her and her her demons.
1: Because you're having an affair with your (laughs) co-worker.
0: Because my co-anchor and I are. uh... Oh, Oh, wait, that's you. (laughs) (laughs) What? You're my co-anchor.
1: Oh, I was like, Am I <laughs> sleeping with my coworker? And I didn't know.
0: I completely blacked out that I'm having an affair with my coworker.
1: So now we're getting into like, if this was the Oscars, we're getting into like the 9 30 hour. Like we're in the last three, four categories. These are the big ones.
0: It's taking a turn.
1: This is when you really tune in and you stop like changing the channel.
0: Best music. Moment.
1: Best music moment. What is yours?
0: My choice is I'll Be by Edmund McCain from episode 113, Breaking Away. And it plays when Joey has realized that she loves Dawson. She's running back to his house to tell him, and he is in bed with Jen. I think it's really great. And as I said in the recording of that episode, that song had me by the throat for a solid three years. I loved that song.
1: Yes, it was a big radio song that summer. They really had their finger on the pulse. It all lined up because all 13 episodes is like leading to this. Joey was ready to admit her feelings for Dawson and she walked in through the freaking window and she can't see that Jen is kissing him and he's like hands off or pulsed kind of. Yes, it's a great moment. My recipient for Best Music Moment is What Would Happen by Meredith Brooks in episode 103, A Prelude to a Kiss. So this moment is when Jen and Dawson are at the ruins and he's trying to get his kiss with his first kiss with her on camera. And he accidentally catches Pacey and Tamara having sex at the ruins on film. And the reason I picked this song was, you know, it's episode three and the first two episodes I really loved. But this moment, this montage, this song was when I was like, holy F, this is a show like they've got a show. This is a hit. So that was really the the closing song of that episode. The closing moments of that episode was when I got hooked
0: that moment where he's trying to make this perfect moment and their actual first kiss is very imperfect but then they hit you with the song that just tugs at your heartstrings, and you're like oh no this is what it was meant to be it's really good
1: yeah and it all kind of fed into that like it's a sexy song there's kids your age kissing you know it was all like oh I want to be yeah. there I want to be at the ruins you know what song is going to play when I have my first kiss
0: oh 100%
1: I think it was like Nelly or something oh my god <laughs>
0: All right, we're Uh, getting into the main four final categories. and I'm so
1: scared. Who's going to win?
0: You need to answer first. It's best writer. As a writer, who are you giving it to?
1: This is really hard. I was very torn 50-50 between two writers. It was a close call. The winner for best writer for me is Mike White who wrote Breakfast Club Friday the 13th and he wrote the teleplay for breaking away the season one finale. Now to me, I love Breakfast Club and Friday the 13th. I think they're two of the most iconic episodes of the season and the fact that he wrote both of them. I just think that batting record is unbelievable and one of the things I discovered while we're doing the writer and director shout out of this podcast is that he partially he wrote the teleplay for episode 113 the finale which I did not know and when I found that out it just blew my mind because I really just assumed Kevin wrote the pilot and Mm -hmm. the finale as most as a lot of head writers and showrunners do and I just I love Mike White's writing there's something about it he and I are just very in sync and we have the same sense of humor and the same, we just have the same taste and kind of everything. And I just could not, I just, I could not. And it's his first job. I mean, ah, his talent is off the charts.
0: Yeah, totally agree. I feel like we've gushed about him all season for me. Same as you was split 50, 50. And the other person is another person we've gushed about all season, but I have to give it to Kevin Williamson. He is everything for the show
1: I think he's just one of those writers that really influenced a generation I think when you look at his his resume he really whether you're in tv and film or you're not whether you're a casual moviegoer he crossed genres he just he did a lot of things that just don't happen anymore and like without a doubt really just changed you know film and tv and changed horror for certain changed teen shows for certain and he's still working
0: Well, he's not working right now. He's on the picket lines, but
1: none (laughs) of us are working right now. But in theory, he's still, you know, he's still a commodity and that's not easy to do like, you know, 30 years in your writing career. It's not.
0: And to, and to be consistently relevant. It's not like he had Dawson's Creek and then now he's relevant again. He's been consistently relevant for the entire time. It's really impressive. We've said it, but Scream is one of the best horror movies of all time.
1: And as we've said, I know many people who know him and I've never heard a bad word. I've never heard a negative thing. I've never heard that he's a diva. I've never heard any. So if you can hit that level of celebrity and you can be a great person still, God bless.
0: And if you want to come accept your Bobby, just let us know.
1: I will literally deliver it to your door. What's your address? I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) Shall we move on to best director? Yes! Best director of a season one episode of Dawson's Creek goes to...
1: Alan Arkish, who directed Breakfast Club. I loved the homages to Breakfast Club, and I I just think it was great. And that episode was also another episode where they they were quarantined. It was, you know, a pressure cooker, and it was fun. It was dramatic. It was funny. It was like hot it was it was good
0: the performances were good the homages hit yeah.
1: yeah it was the only episode of the season too i think right so yeah he it was impressive especially being a one one off you know he really came in and he mimicked the tone of the show mm-hmm. but also just gave a really solid episode so i'm gonna give it to him
0: it's a great pick i'm gonna give it to david semel for 113 breaking away i feel like We already talked about it in the music moment section, but that whole sequence where Joey's coming to see Dawson and Dawson's in bed with Jen and we're on the side where we can see everything that's happening and Joey can't and she's devastated. And then followed by that montage where they keep missing each other. I just thought it was a really well done episode. I think the performances were good. I think that those like shot choices were really good. I don't know, I I thought it hit.
1: Agree. The finale is just, we talked about it, like very cinematic.
0: And he's back with us for the 201 premiere. Spoiler alert.
1: Shout out to Steve Miner, who didn't get out of our picks, but directed (laughs) a third of the season.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You know, sometimes old reliable, that's their job. They just come in, they do it well, and they don't get recognized.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I just kind of, Not that I don't love my pick. I do. But I kind of just thought you were going to pick Steve Miner. So I was like, oh, I shouldn't pick (laughs) Steve Miner. But, you know, that's how war shows work. Sometimes you split the vote. Like, remember that one year, like, nine people were nominated for Game of Thrones? Yeah. And then, like, the girl from Ozark won. (laughs) So, sorry, Steve.
0: Shout out for the pilot. Episode 102. Episode 104. And look who's talking. Episode 106. 106 is a great episode. We don't have to get into it. We don't have to get into it.
1: Steve really helps set the tone of the show and the voice of the show. He literally directed four episodes of 13. So
0: thank you, Steve.
1: Thanks, Steve. But you lost. So
0: Put your speech back in your pocket and go get drunk. (laughs) All right. Coming up to a big one. Best main cast member.
1: This is a big one.
0: Who is your pick?
1: I'm going to hand it to Katie Holmes. <laughs> was she yours?
0: Yes, she was oh, mine, no. but it's okay. And no, let's talk about her. it.
1: The more you really sit on it and the more you look back on it, you really were there for Joey. She has a very deep backstory and she has a lot going on. And it might be called Dawson's Creek, but it really is joey's journey a lot and i always think that the shows get very joey centric later on in the seasons but i realize now things are very joey centric the whole way through and there's something about Kitty holmes that's just it's you know she's relatable she's watchable she's natural you know so
0: even though i guess they all kind of have big arcs for the season it felt like hers was the biggest watching now even though dawson goes through a ton Jen goes through a ton at the end of the season like I don't know Joey changes the most in those 13 episodes and Katie Holmes is just so good
1: who is your pick for best main cast
0: my backup would be Joshua Jackson as Pacey I feel like he also had a pretty substantial arc this season obviously he has the mini arc with Tamara he has Those moments throughout the season where he is comforting to Dawson, he's comforting to Joey, he's really starting to become a little more emotionally mature. I don't know. I think he did a great job. And Joshua Jackson is honestly, outside of how good the promos were for season one, Joshua Jackson is probably the reason that I tuned in. He was one of the loves of my life from Mighty Ducks on, and I feel like he brought a lot of people to the show, and he's just so good. So Shout out to him. He's still so good.
1: I'll be honest. You know, I'm Team Dawson, but it did come down between Katie Holmes and Joshua Jackson for me for different reasons, I think. I mean, there were points where I was really invested in Pacey's storyline and Joshua Jackson's acting, but Joshua Jackson, it's just like you kind of want to be friends with him. You love to watch him. He was also just the class clown, the scene stealer kind of character. And yeah. It's kind of like what you said, like you came for the promos, but you kind of stuck around for Pacey. He's just a great character.
0: 100%. He's a goat.
1: Well, this is it.
0: This is it. I'm nervous. The
1: 11th category. It's hard to believe that the Bobbies are...
0: Coming to a close. The final category is... (laughs) Best Episode.
1: I'm going to give the best episode. Although there were many great episodes this season, I'm going to give it to the season finale breaking away. The tension, the choice, the, ugh, it was all popping. Like the music is amazing. And it's Sarah McLaughlin, it's Edmund McCain. It's, it's just everything worked. Great cliffhanger. Every character had a moment, you know, Jen, Pacey. It was just also well constructed. And, you know, I just, I have to give it to that. How about you?
0: I'm going to give mine to 112. (gasps) Pretty Woman. Yeah. They got my Bobby. When I thought back on this season before rewatching, that is one of the ones that just stands out to me so clearly. It's so memorable. And then in rewatching, Pacey and Dawson have a great thing going on. Obviously we have a Jen and Joey coming together dynamic. We have the Joey... Trying to win Dawson back dynamic. We have, there's just so many things at play. And we have Joey singing on my own, which, hello.
1: Changed my life. I'm not even, that's not a hyperbolic statement. It changed my life.
0: (laughs) It was just so good. And it made me care about Hannah Von Wenning and Roberta Crump and these characters that I never cared, never knew of and will never know of again.
1: Justice for Roberta Crump.
0: I mean, she won. She's Miss Windjammer.
1: Greta Von Wedding is like a little, like, maybe transphobic. We don't know.
0: She's probably in a miserable marriage right now. And Roberta Crump is probably (laughs) actually in the Senate or something.
1: (laughs) Greta Von Wedding, where were you January 6th?
0: Hannah.
1: Oh, Hannah Von Wedding. Hannah Von Wedding, where were you January 6th?
0: (laughs) Anyway... Yeah, I just think it's a such a good episode. I mean, it was tough. There's a lot of great episodes this season.
1: I really thought your Bobby was going to go to Breakfast Club?
0: Yeah, that was my number 2.
1: Or Friday the 13th?
0: That was also my number 2. <laughs> How many number 2s can I have?
1: <laughs> yeah, I I'm shocked. Just based on what you said during the episodes and, you know.
0: Yeah, a little peek behind the curtain. I almost gave my best director to Rodman Flender and I almost gave my best episode to Friday the 13th because for a one-off scary episode, I thought it was so well-directed. I thought Mike White obviously wrote it. It was so well-written and it was just a really, like I said, that episode was one that I I always skipped over because I was too afraid of it when I rewatched. So now watching it as an adult, I was like, oh my gosh, this episode is so good. And that was the episode where we had the realization that Mitchell Lawrence was not in 90210. So that's also a highlight of the season for me.
1: That was crazy. That was our soapy twist. That was our twist that we needed of the season. <laughs> oh my God, the Bobbies are over.
0: That was fun, though.
1: It was fun for us.
0: And that's really all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: the listeners will be glad to know that Dawson didn't win much. He did win both best kisses.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
1: But aside from that, I don't think he won anything else. So the haters will be, hopefully I won't get any death threats tonight. <laughs> the Bobbies.
0: The Bobbies. We're we could do a Whatcha
1: watching though.
0: We could do a Whatcha Watchin'. I have something.
1: I have. A, I'm watching God everything.
0: I'm watching trash. I'm watching bubblegum trash TV. In the last two days, I have binged 10 hours of Married at First Sight season 13. (laughs) And it is mental illness to the extreme. It is wild. Have you ever watched any season of Married at First Sight?
1: I watched one episode when I was home for Christmas one year because I think my nieces were like very into for a you second,
0: know, that's so it's funny. weird.
1: yeah, I, I couldn't get into it,
0: I mean, it's ex- the premise is exactly what it sounds like. It's people apply a group of matchmakers, finds them somebody that they think is their perfect match. it ha- it's different cities every season, and they meet at the altar, they get married, and then they have eight weeks to live together, see if they're compatible, see if they're falling in love. And then at the end of the eight weeks, they can either get divorced or they can stay together. I don't know. I I think if you are looking for something trashy and mindless, it's a good watch. Like, I, that's what I needed these last couple days and really scratched the itch.
1: Yeah, like a good just mindless sit on the couch.
0: But yours are probably more interesting. What are you watching?
1: You guys, I've been watching everything. I'm half- A season into the new Black Mirror.
0: Oh, I need to watch that.
1: So this season's good. Like, I definitely think the first few seasons are the best ones, but like, not to say these seasons are bad.
0: How many episodes is it?
1: I believe there's six. I've watched three. Third one is with, going back to 1998, Josh
0: Hartnett. Yes.
1: He looks amazing. Like, super muscular, super tall. Like you just want to like climb them like a tree. It has an age today. And also in that episode is Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad.
0: Which is Love him.
1: Whatever. I feel like he'll probably get an Emmy for this episode or nominated. Like he deserves. You'll you'll know what I'm talking about when you watch it, but his character is very interesting and he had to put a lot of thought into it. That's just that. Uh American-born Chinese on Disney Plus is like very fun if you're looking for like a teen. Adventury kind of a show, kid friendly. The Night Agent. I'm um, a few episodes away from the finale. I'm very into it. It's on Netflix. It's kind of like a political thriller hmm. situation. Um, uh, the main kid who you know, he was a child actor. He like he was on the Big C. He's all grown up now, and he plays this. I don't know if it's a a real role in the White House, but he plays someone who. There's a 24 hour watch. This person who watches his phone in the basement of the White House and it never rings. But on this night, he's working and he's been working there for a year and he has a past and a history and all of these things. On this one night, it rings and there's a girl on the other end and she doesn't really know what she got into. She kind of found the number and she calls him and, like, you know, chaos ensues. Very good. What else am I watching? Well, you know, like, this the summer I turned pretty comes back in, like, two days. I'm very excited.
0: Cannot wait. It will be out by the time this episode drops. So if you haven't seen season one, go watch it. It scratches the same, like, a very similar Dawson's Creek itch. Mm -hmm. It's like a chaste summer. Will they, won't they? Love Triangle. So good.
1: 1,000%. Love them. Okay. What else? you you've got to be watching something.
0: I mean, I'm watching so much of the television show that I'm currently working on, which I will plug when appropriate. It's a heavy one. The subject matter is dark and it just makes me want to shut my brain off and watch trash TV. And I'm coming off a show that was really heavy and dark and both are based on true stories. So it's just, I don't know. I feel like my brain is a little bit broken for both drama and like any content that's heavy, which is such a bummer because that's my favorite. Not not saying like heavy content, but even like I I, I never watched the last season of Atlanta. That's something I really want to watch. And I just can't make myself watch it. I don't know why. So yeah, I've, been, I've just been finding these random, like today... <laughs> I signed on to Netflix and saw there was a new season of Is It Cake? And I was like, maybe I'll watch that. Like, that's where my brain is at right now. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm watching Kardashians.
1: The best. Where are you at with the Kardashians? Like, who's your favorite sister? Who's your least at this current moment in time? It's uh, it's always changing. It's a spectrum. We love all yeah. of them. But at, at this point in time, who's your top and bottom?
0: I mean, Chloe, I feel like is always close to the top, if not the top for me. And I think she is currently the top. I do think Kim's doing some really great stuff, honestly. I'm into Hmm. Kim this season. She is being painted as a bitch by Courtney.
1: Yeah.
0: Usually in situations with Courtney where Courtney is like bitching about the family, it makes me dislike Courtney. But Mm -hmm. this season, there was a, are you caught up? Mm Mm-hmm. There was a scene where she was out to dinner with Travis and the kids and whatever for uh, Travis was opening a restaurant in Calabasas, a vegan restaurant. And the producer said, your family isn't here. And she goes, no, this is my family. Like, she's really just living her best life. She's trying to be unbothered, but she's still very bothered.
1: I kind of agree with you. You know, Chloe's always my steady favorite. And I do think at the beginning of the season when there was this rumor, this big Kim-Courtney fight, which by the way, it really never evolved to the level of drama and division that everyone kind of made it out. It really didn't, they had a conversation after five episodes and it was kind of over. It was a little anticlimactic, but.
0: I mean, considering they've had fist fights in the past, it was a little anticlimactic.
1: It seems silly, but as it went on, the more it went on, and the more I heard Courtney side, the more I kind of did side with Courtney. And when she says, you know, this family just chooses money over family every time, I think that's what a lot of Kardashian critics say about them. So for Courtney to say it, it is kind of, you just have to wonder, like, oh.
0: Anyway, tune in next week for our Kardashians <laughs> podcast.
1: All right. So those were the first. Bobby Awards the inaugural Bobby Awards, and we will be back very shortly with season two, episode two hundred one. Oh my god! Dawson and Joey kiss. There's new characters. What's going to happen? Is Joey going to go to Paris?
0: Can't wait.
1: Hope everyone's having a great summer. Everyone I know is in Italy, so God bless you.
0: <laughs> if you're in Italy, go die. I'm in New Jersey. <laughs> Just kidding. Have so much God fun. God
1: bless. I'm glad that you're so privileged.
0: Real quick, one of our loyal listeners, Jess, is going to have a baby in August. And I am petitioning now for her to either name it Dawson, Pacey, Jen, or Joey. Thank you.
1: Or Micah or Mike White or like any something in the Dawson's world, she definitely should. Does she know whether she's having a boy or girl? No. Yes, yeah, so she can name it Joey, boy or girl Jen, Jennifer, girl Pacey, boy, Joshua, boy Dawson Actually, Dawson's a pretty good boy's name Mitch, Gail
0: Gail, <laughs> Gale. imagine a baby Gail
1: uh, uh, Tamara, Jacob Kevin, William
0: Cliff, Elliot
1: Abby, Morgan <laughs> 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 oh wait what's grams real name it's
0: mary beth
1: the caricature. something oh. ryan evelyn ryan evelyn ryan <laughs> eve evelyn i love a, a person who is like i'm finding out the gender in the room like i love that
0: hell yeah i was just talking about this like there are so few true surprises in life that if you can have that like that's
1: <laughs> not if you're me i get a fucking surprise every day <laughs> usually a bad one but sure i agree and unfortunately you know i'll have to like i'll know i'm gonna like genetically engineer
0: oh yeah
1: yeah are you gonna not know until the
0: i think i would choose to not know
1: that's pretty old school i see more like going the old school like this yeah. is what my parents did
0: i think that that would be really fun so as we said those are the bobbies
1: and we'll be posting the winners and season two coming soon
0: yeah all right we'll talk to you later Bye.
1: Bye. bye